Well, hello. <laughs> hello. Uh, my name is Kyle, and I get to be one of the pastors here. This is Stephanie. She's our discipleship director, and if we've not met, we are Plan B this morning. Is is what's happening. So there's some sickness in the Garrett house. And so it, if all things were going according to plan, you would be hearing from Heather this morning and then Jennifer Risk next week. So we're kind of readjusting our schedule and just thought we would use this opportunity to share with y'all a little bit about what our sabbatical was like, about what God was up to during that time. So um, yeah, it's just really good to see your faces. Me just being practical, I was like, let's just have one conversation instead of about a hundred, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so. even the other night at the feast, someone would ask me a question, I'd be like, just listen to what Kyle's saying, because he's like. literally telling with more detail and more, you know, exuberance what happened. So that's that's what this is about today as well. Yeah, so. and if you didn't hear, we found out on Thursday that we are having a boy in December. <laughs> so, and you know, don't listen to Jack. His name is not Zigzag. <laughs> Or Ruth. He thinks Ruth. So. Um, his name is Keith, if you're interested. So we could tell you there's a whole story about that. But um, yeah, so it's really, really good to be here. So we thought we would start with uh, just kind of recapping our travel and kind of where we were and what that looked like. So do you want to start with that? Sure. So we started off in Western Michigan with um, two professors from Moody who did our pre-marriage, who have been just like a place we've loved to go and visit. They also live in a beautiful beach town, so it's really fun. She's a good cook. It's just, it's a really great place for us to go. But I think what we realized the value of that time was they're both, um, you know, Bible college professors. So they're passionate about the church. They're passionate about ministry. And so that's what they love to talk about. And so we spent like three days talking about y'all and um, just the things that God has done, the things that have been encouraging, the things that have been challenging, how we've seen God at work. And by the end of that, we were kind of like, good, <laughs> like Some, talking about church. <laughs> a few of you have asked, like, are you rested? And I was like, well, yeah, because I like stopped thinking about you like July 1st. <laughs> like I, there was nothing more to say. There was nothing more to talk about, which that was nice. So and we moved from there to Detroit, actually. Mm hmm. So yeah, it was kind of um, Kyle's, we were supposed to spend a little more time in Western Michigan. Kyle's asthma acted up and the Lord like pretty miraculously provided a place for us to go in Detroit. Um, we were kind of the last minute like, should we go home? What do we do? And so we were praying and a, a friend's name came to mind. And so Kyle called him and he said, well, I'm leaving tomorrow for a week. And so you can come stay in my house. And my actual question was, are there, <laughs> he's a pastor. I was like, are there any rich people in your church? that are on vacation that I could house sit for. And his response was, I'm not rich, but you can have our house. Um, so that was good. So yeah. thanks, Joel. Yeah. And that was just a huge blessing to us. And that week was really a week of, I would just say, rest for us. Um, Joel and Allie, are, are, they cook a lot, just like we do, so it was really fun. Kyle found all sorts of gadgets that he now needs on his Christmas list for cooking, because Joel has everything. Um, but we cooked a lot. We um, one, of the, one of the decisions we made pre-sabbatical was, or renewal leave or whatever, is that we wouldn't watch any TV. Now, Jack was not part of that. We watched more VeggieTales than I've watched in Prime my whole life. But we decided not to, to watch any television, but we would read in the evenings. We would read our nap while he was napping. And so we did a ton of reading during that week, um, which was really just good and really refreshing. And so we also got to do some fun stuff while we were there as well. Yeah, and, and one of the things that we did not anticipate was about a week in, 
five days in, Jack started asking to go home every day. Um, and obviously that was not an option. So um, that I think what the Lord knew ahead of time and even having us in Detroit, we have some friends. So being at Joel and Allie's, we got to see them at the end of that week. But some of you have met our friends, Eric and Amanda. They're, they pastor in the Detroit area and have two kids. So we got to spend a little bit of time with them, which was a real gift for Jack, um, just to have friends. Um, I, I, I think we just did not anticipate I don't know where he got this, but we did not anticipate his extroversion um, and just need to get around people. And so that ended up being really, really good. And we went from Detroit to Fort Wayne, uh, where we do, we travel to Fort Wayne a lot uh, through a ministry network we're a part of. But when we go, it's, it's usually pretty packed, so we don't get to enjoy Fort Wayne. We have some friends there that we're doing ministry with during that time, not just hanging out. So we intentionally went there and 24 hours in, Jack got super sick. Um, yeah, so most of Fort Wayne was sitting on the couch watching Disney Plus with a, a feverish toddler. So he was actually really sick. Like he was on Motrin and we couldn't get his fever below like 101. And so, um, did I? Which he had a febrile seizure, as some of you know, like in January. So I was kind of on like high alert all the time. Like, is he, you know, is this gonna happen again? So um, we really just were very attentive to him kind of in that season. And I probably wrestled first with disappointment. We, we were like excited to do some things with some friends and I had to kind of like, okay, Lord, we're gonna receive this invitation to rest, even though this feels really frustrating. Um, and we called our doctor at one point and she was like, I think you just gotta write it out. And so we, we did and he, 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 he has recovered. <laughs> I mean, the nice thing about Fort Wayne um, was that there's a probably what I would describe as the best coffee shop in America was two blocks away. So um, that that made it nice. And it just gave us a lot of extra time to, again, just like read. And yeah, a couple things. I did get to go. So Grace Gathering is the church that we work with in Fort Wayne, the discipleship kind of hub. And so I was able to go on Tuesday morning to their staff worship and just participate in that, which was really refreshing for me. And then you were able to take a, and I took a morning away um, and you took some time away as well. Yeah. We'll talk about our kind of predictable pattern in a second, but um, I, I also got to have breakfast with Chris, who's the senior leader there, and that was really helpful. And, um, so we moved from Fort Wayne to home for about four days, and during those four days, Steph and I got whatever Jack had. Not the, not, not not the, the fever, fever version, but just all the other terrible parts. And so um, it led to, we were supposed to be going to Southern California to be with our friends Pat and Julie Dirksy. Some of you met Julie. She spoke here um, the Sunday after Naturally Supernatural. Uh, and so we were like, are we gonna be able to go? What does this look like? Also as a footnote, we had booked those plane tickets in January and so we're in Detroit and Steph yells up the stairs to me, did you know we're in LA for two weeks? <laughs> I was like, did not know that. I hope, I hope we like Pat and Julie as much as we think we do because uh, we're gonna be living in their house. Um, and, and after like, Kind of talked to them about it they said just come so we were the sick people on your southwest flight coughing into their masks also in the st louis airport also in the <laughs> for st. five louis. hours trying to like cough and blow our noses Find in secret places the, yeah and so i think la ended up being um in fact i got a little teary-eyed when we were singing so we were with pat and julie pat and julie um, are from wisconsin if you want to know what pat is like he's exactly like dan collins those of you who know Dan Collins, I basically spent two weeks with Caitlin's husband, is what it felt like. Um, just like a very similar sense of humor, totally freaked me out. Um, 
we at Pat and Julie have been church planting in Compton, California uh, for over 10 years. And they have two, they've purchased property over the years so that there are three families living on their property plus their church building. And so Pat and Julie are Caucasian. There's a family that is African-American and Latino, and then another family that are uh, Colombian and Guatemalan. And each family has two kids uh, between eight, the ages of eight and 12, and each family has a dog. And so there's just like a lot of activity. Um, and Jack was sweatier and stinkier and more active than I ever really knew he could be. Um, some of you see him running around here on Sunday mornings. It was like that from the moment he woke up till the moment he went to bed for two weeks straight. And um, he loved it. He loved it. It felt to me and to Steph really important for Jack to be uh, in an environment that he's not usually in. Um, and so being around brown and black kids and kind of learning how to navigate that world felt really important to us. Being a part of their like spiritual family and just their life felt really important. Their church right now is bilingual, and so about half of worship is in English, half of worship is in Spanish. The sermon is translated uh, live every week. And so even as we were singing, um, is he worthy about every nation, tribe, and tongue, I actually got a little emotional because I felt like we were seeing um, City Church of Compton has access to a piece of heaven that we don't really get access to here at Regen, which is every tribe and tongue coming together in that way. And so that was really, really fun. And um, just I felt like a major gift to Jack slash maybe some good preparation for having a sibling. Um, and uh, because he had to learn how to share and have those conversations. I don't know if I'm missing it. I, we wanted to talk about some other stuff about that later. But yeah. No, I just think it was such a, I know we can't really, it's one of those things you kind of can't talk about. So it's like, like when you go on a missions trip and you have this powerful experience and you come back and you kind of can't even put into words like what it meant to you. Um, and I think that's a little bit how it felt to us because it was just so much the day in and day out life of living with them and seeing them live in, in, a, in a radical kind of community that, um, you know, we feel like, I don't know what's going on. Am I too short? Is that what's happening? Hold it like a, it like a I know. I was yes. to... Like your Katy Perry, which is what my great uncle calls you. Yes. Yes. Um, so I think for us, it just felt so significant to watch them living life in a way that was challenging even to us, even though maybe we feel like we have a pretty open home. I don't have dogs and kids traipsing through my house every day, all day, eating snacks, feeding them all. Um, I even think so it was, it was just really good. When you live together and you, they own businesses together, like when you live together and own businesses together and lead together, like if you get mad at me, you'll either like stop going to church or go somewhere else. It doesn't work that way for them, does it, right? Um, and so kind of having a lot of conversations like, how does that work? <laughs> you know, like a living at a level of shared life that's just almost incomprehensible to me, really, and to a lot of us. I mean, we just don't do it that way. So we don't live on a compound together. Um, so, um, that was, that was really sweet. A lot of you have asked, just a quick note, like what books did you read? 
So I'll go first because I'm the boring one. I read a lot of historical fiction, if British. If that's your thing, I can give you titles later. Um, the other two books that I read that I think were really good, one was that Caitlin recommended to me was called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. And so um, I think especially if you're a female in the room looking, struggling with friendships or struggling to know how to go deep with friendships, it's a super, that was a super helpful, just a lot of good insights and, and challenge in that book I felt like. And then um, I, I read part of Get Your Life Back by um, John Eldridge. Come, I talk a little bit more about that. But it's just, it's a really good book about if you are struggling to kind of stop yeah. and, and hear from the Lord and make space. A lot of you have heard, and maybe have done a group here called Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Um, John Eldridge's book is like that. It's like Ruthless Elimination of Hurry if Joey wrote it. Because it's like... There's like this whole chapter about like, I went outside and I like stuck my hands in this cold creek just to remind myself that I'm alive. You know, and I was like, something that Joey would do, you know, like, um, uh, it was just very, like it way more calm. You know, John Mark Homer's like got like 12 statistics for everything and, jo and John Eldridge is just like, I was outside and like looking at these flowers and just remembering that God made me. Anyway, so it was really good. Oh, my, my phone has started transcribing everything I'm saying. <laughs> okay, go. I, I got it. I got it. It was up there. Um, I read 3,000 pages of fantasy novels. I'm not kidding. I read three novels that were about that big because um, I'm super lame is what I am. Um, but I also read, really enjoyed John Eldridge's book. Um, I, I enjoy thinking about the future and felt like I needed to think about a future kind of different from what we do here, because otherwise was I resting? So I learned how the stock market works um, and read a book called The Psychology of Money, which will probably be turned into a giving series next year, because it's a fascinating book. Um, so that was really fun for me. Um, I also really- Therefore, I studied the stock market, because <laughs> I got to hear all the processing about it. About it. So. Um, that was really, really good. So uh, the goal of this time was kind of to have some, for us to individually and together have some up time with the father, um, some in time as a family, and to start getting a vision for what God is calling us to do as a church outwardly. And so we had a predictable pattern of pretty much every week I would go away um, to do some journaling and to do some reading. Um, I also met with our friend Mark Burgess. He helped lead the Holy Spirit Retreat. Uh, Mark and I talked at the beginning and the end of sabbatical and prayed together, but then Marco poloed a lot throughout sabbatical. We tried to Zoom more, but at various points he was anywhere between three and nine hours ahead of me because he was traveling too. So that was really helpful, um, extroverted Kyle. Um, you did that occasionally. Yeah, I took a couple mornings away, and then we were in California. So, you know, obviously with just the two of us and Jack, it's hard. We couldn't really get away together. And when we were staying in California, we were in a studio apartment, and Jack was sleeping in a in his tent, like in the same room as us. So we together like time. yeah, and the and we'd have to turn the sound machine way up because there was fireworks and I don't know all sorts of craziness at night, loudness. So we'd literally just be like hovering in this dark room with our phones, like once he went to bed at night, and like so we couldn't really like talk or debrief much ourselves. So um, in California, Julie, uh, the Julie, Julie who we stayed with, took Jack for a couple of mornings. And so one morning we went to the church that was the Vineyard Church of Anaheim. It's now the gathering place. 
dwelling place, and they have um, like a weekly prayer and worship just Tuesday morning time that anyone can go to. And so we were able to go to that, and I think that was just really um, encouraging for us, really, like, just really powerful. It was a really powerful time. Um, if you know the name Jeremy Riddle, he led worship that Sunday, that, that, that day, so that was pretty, I wasn't sure. I was the guy, like, Googling his picture. We were like two rows from him, and we're like, I was like, he doesn't look, it's like, that doesn't look like his album cover, and Kyle's like, no, it's him. I was like, Uh, (laughs) wow, okay. So, um, and then that that morning, we also were able to just take some time. We went and walked on a beach, and we're just kind of able to talk and process together, which was just, I think, really helpful for us um, to kind of do that as well. Do you want to talk about five years versus now? Yeah, um, I can do it later. Okay. So one of the things that was harder for me was it was harder for me to connect with the father because it felt like, well, I was sick at the beginning from a cold jacket had, and then I was sick again in the middle, and just not having our routine, it was a little bit harder for me to like find, I'm, I kind of need quiet and time away and space, and that was harder for me to find in the season. Um, and so I really was like asking the father a lot, like, what am I like wasting this? Am I not doing the right thing? Like, what are you inviting me to? And I really felt like the invitation for me was that it's just okay to rest. Like, it's just okay to just rest, to be with Jack, to be with Kyle, to read for enjoyment, and just to rest. And I think the other piece of that for me that was um, really important was I really gave myself permission to just not respond. So hardly anyone from the church reached out to me, which I really appreciate, but, like, other friends and family would reach out. And I think the pressure I feel all the time to just always be on and to be responding to every text message and every polo and and every Facebook message, and I just really needed the space to say, like, I'm just not going to, I'll respond when I want to respond, when I'm ready to respond. And so that, for me, was a huge gift and a huge, um, that was probably the most restful thing to me, was just to kind of be in the present and not feel all this pressure to be responding and caring and thinking about um, everyone else. And so that was really helpful for me. And part of the processing we were doing, even on that day that we were together, because we went walked on the beach together, was we were in Calif- we were in Southern California five years ago for a friend's wedding. And we were really just processing like the difference five years makes. So five years ago when we were in California, we had not yet had our third miscarriage. It was the anniversary of our first miscarriage. It was the anniversary of our first miscarriage. Um, Which was Mother's Day. Which was Mother's Day. So we had done, we we did Disneyland for a day on that trip. And like looking back, like it was just like. Disneyland was a poor choice when you're like struggling with infertility and miscarriage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of a children's haven. (laughs) And so we were talking about like, what is the difference that five years makes? Jack is three and a half. We're pregnant with our second, like all of the things that God has done in our lives personally set us free from some stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you want to talk about the scars first. Yeah, I think and I was I was just really reflecting how much healing the Lord had done and being so grateful. And it was interesting. So the women's prayer team just finished up the unanswered prayer course, which is like the second one. Um, I just want to put in a plug because um, Harry and Kathy and Art and Pam are leading it again right now and if you want to jump in they're meeting this Wednesday night they usually meet Tuesday nights but it's Wednesday this week Um, but it's only the second week so if you want to jump in but I was really struck the last one was talking about how even when God heals us he doesn't take away our scars and so I was thinking you know as we were walking on the beach there's such joy in the season we're so thankful for Jack we're so thankful for this baby but it doesn't erase the memory of our loss it doesn't erase the pain of that And so um, if you're someone who's kind of wrestling through that right now or or anything else in your life that feels unanswered, unresolved with the Lord, you're wondering where the Father is, um, I would encourage you to consider jumping in on that group because I think um, 
there's there's no easy answers but i think there is some hope and some ways that you can look to the father and and hear from him even in the midst of that pain Um, because i think sometimes we think it just has to be done and over and we'll just move on and be okay and the truth about grief is that it it often stays with us it's not as sharp it's not as strong but it's still there and so i'm kind of learning to hear from god in the midst of that and how to, to to trust him in those hard things so if you um harry and kathy are sitting in the back Harry's wearing a yellow polo, they're waving. If you're interested in in joining their group, if that's something that the Lord's maybe kind of prompting you to this morning, I'd invite you to talk to them after and and maybe jump in on that. I think the the big piece for me going into sabbatical um, was I really kind of put my faith in Jesus when I was in eighth grade. Like I was raised in a Christian home, but Jesus became real when I was in eighth grade. And then in between my ninth and 10th grade year was when I felt God call me into ministry. So for the vast majority of my life of following Jesus, like following Jesus has been tied up in, my relationship with God has been like tied up in and connected to doing things for God, right? So kind of my question on some level was like, who, like who am I and what is my relationship with God like if I'm not doing those things? Right. Um, so I did find out I'm still a Christian when I'm not professionally a Christian. Good news. Um, uh, but I think uh, the best way I know how to say it is that the Father loves me more than I think he does. Um, and in fact, uh, one of the days, actually it was the week that we were home, I drove to Chagrin um, and kind of did some journaling there and I reached out to a couple of friends and I said, hey, I'm going to be going this morning. I would love it if you prayed and like, could you text me back with anything you hear God saying to you about me? And to a one, all of them said, I sat down to pray and was immediately overwhelmed with how much God loves you. Um, and I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> so I'm like kind of processing that and trying to receive that and um, I was in Chagrin. There's, there's Jenny's ice cream there and I I, I am not making this up. I swear to you, I heard the father say, would you like to go get some ice cream with me? <laughs> um, and I don't have a category for relating to God that way. Yeah, because I think the way that I'm, part of the way I'm wired too is I feel closest to the father when we're building something together. Like just how he's wired me. Like when we're doing stuff together, it's kind of like if you ever like built stuff with your dad growing up, it's kind of very similar. Um, and so there was a real delight for me and kind of this sense of a receiving of the Father's love that was far more and a really strong invitation. Um, A a key theme kept being Moses. Uh, It says Moses talked to God face to face like you would a friend. And I felt like the Father was kind of inviting me into that. Um, uh, To have that kind of quality of relationship with him, um, which was really um, super stirring. I don't remember what's next. I gotcha. Okay. Um, I think another kind of unexpected benefit was our time in California. Um, 
was just kind of some personal development with Pat and Julie. They just invested so much in us, um, sharing not only their lives, which Paul talks about, like yeah, we don't share our gospel. lives, but the gospel, but also just um, asking us hard questions, kind of um, seeking to pursue. So we just did a lot of personal development. We did some strength finder stuff. They did this funny risk assessment thing. You can guess who is the riskier of the two of us and willing to take risks. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I need to take that thing because I can pretty much guarantee you I'm in the bottom half. Um, I, I scored a solid five right in the middle, and I was pretty pleased with that. Um, I was like a nine or something. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that was just some helpful, I don't know, sometimes that stuff can kind of, I've done it in other settings, I can feel kind of artificial or kind of forced. And there was just something about it was very conversational with them, and they kind of just, they just kind of mentored us like as through those conversations, you know, and like, it was just really I helpful. Wonder, I'd be like, wait a minute. I was just mentored. <laughs> they did that. I didn't even know it was happening, you know, um, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and we actually ended our time with Officer Nelson. We ended our time with them, praying for them and then praying for us. And that was just a super sweet, like, because um, they're walking through some hard things as well. It's challenging. Their ministry context is wonderful, but really, really hard. There's a lot of really hard things about Compton, California, and the challenges that are faced there. And so it was just, it was also really sweet for them to pray over us and us to be able to pray over them and kind of yeah. just bless them too. So, yeah, I think um, I really felt. So, if you're thinking like up in, there was like a lot of just time for us to connect and have fun. We did end up taking Jack to Disneyland, which was like a sort of last minute, let's really do this. Um, we're 15 minutes Again, away. risk averse. We're sick. We're, we're traveling. Are we even going to California? Is this really even happening? Um, and, and kind of a, a desire to really have a memory, the three of us, kind of, from this trip before we become a family of four in the fullness, more than we already are. And so that was really, really fun. Just like a lot of... One of the things I have said this week is I miss sabbatical dad because I was just so much more patient and like more rested. Um, so like I, I, I was putting into bed one night and I was like, wow, am I impatient? <laughs> like, wow. Um, so I do miss that, but I think he, he has really talked highly about our family adventures and um, really, yeah, it was good for him. His big thing now is every night he tells us that Julie Dirksy has texted him and told him he needs to go back to California for some very specific reason. Last night it was because when we were there they had an outdoor movie night and it, the screen wasn't working because it was too bright. And so we told him he had to go to bed because it was already like almost 10 there. And so we were like, yeah, the screen's not working. You got to go to bed. He said, well, Miss Julie Dirksy texted me last night and told me the screen is working and they're showing a pumpkin movie and I need to go back to California this week. We don't necessarily believe that is the call of the Lord. <laughs> and, uh, so um, I, I think if you think about that outward. Um, you in there? Oh, yeah, I'll talk about that too. <laughs> um, I really felt like in chagrin as we pivoted from kind of receiving God's love into, okay, and now here's what I'm calling you to. Um, I really felt like I heard the Lord say, build for me a house of prayer. Um, build for me a house of prayer. And I kind of said to him, like, do I have to? Um, because, like, prayer is, like, not my, like, favorite thing, just to be honest with you. So even this idea of, like, like Moses, praying and talking to God face to face, I'm like, you, you know, like uh, that. That sounds hard. Um, I think one of the things that's helped me is learning that every book written on prayer is 
pretty much written by an introvert and so that again that's not me i would say to staff like ok i'm going to take like the whole morning and like give myself like permission to take as much time as i would need and in about two hours i would be back because like i heard from the lord he would like me yeah he'd make this big thing i'm like sure go ahead take all the time you need see you in two hours you're not gonna last that long if it were me i'd be like see you at 5 p.m have fun there's some wiring there but the other thing i said to the lord was like i don't want to do more up things i want to do more out things like i'm ready to kind of start some new things see some people like come to the lord the passage that the lord really brought to me in that conversation with him was when jesus turns the tables in the temple this is like a favorite passage of like progressive social justice christian twitter but it's really not an injustice in the way that i think some people that are using that pastors because that's jesus flips the table in the temples and he cleans it out and he says is it not written that my father's house is to be a house of prayer for all nations so there's a connection in jesus's mind and in the book of isaiah between prayer and mission and the reason that jesus flips the tables in that place is he's in the outer court of the temple which was the only place that Gentiles could go and meet with God. And so what they had done, what, what Jews had done seeking to make money, was convert this place of prayer that was for those farthest from God into a place of, like, market share. And so there's a connection between God's heart for the nations and God's heart in prayer. And so I've really been asking the Lord about what that uh, means, and I've really, again, felt like I heard the Lord say, like, somehow he's calling me to write a story with my life that's a story of prayer. Um, and I'm even having to rethink what prayer means, and because, and, and here's my heart really behind it, is to help everybody I meet develop an interactive relationship with God. Like, that's what prayer is. Like, prayer is having an interactive relationship with God. And some of us need to go away for nine hours in the woods to hear from God. And some of us need to do that in a conversation with a friend. But this call of build me a house of prayer, um, and I don't really know how to do that. Um, so I've actually asked a friend of ours, those of you who worked with Christy Lothamer in the Calling Lab, or remember if you were here in January and my friend Jeff spoke about like kind of starting a cafe I actually asked Christy to coach me um, because uh, I said I know exactly what God's calling me to do and have no idea how to accomplish that and I also feel like um, we have matured as a church to a point where I don't need to bake the cake and make it to its completion for us to go where God's going I feel like there are people in our spiritual family that have the ingredients on hand to help us shape that. I think it has to do with worship and seeking God's presence. I think it has to do with an exercise of spiritual power. It has to do with healing, both physical and inner. Um, but uh, it's it's been really interesting for me to contemplate, and that was actually a big confirmation that kept coming up when we were at Vineyard Anaheim, was um, that passage, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations, came up. And I was like, okay, Jesus. <laughs> um, and so what that entirely looks like, I don't really yet know. But I, um, 
it was it was just really rich yeah, I think I just want to say, if you have any other questions or anything, feel free to, to ask us afterwards. We, if there's anything yeah. you wanted to know that we didn't cover, we tried to kind of answer the questions people have been asking us. Um, but I think I just want to say thank you. Um, thank you for letting us go. Yeah, I think um, we the way that we have chosen to engage with how, like what God's called us to do is means that your highs are very much our highs and your lows are very much our lows. Um, and so to be released from that for a moment and to get our nose away from the page so that we can kind of see the bigger picture was, was really key. And to just remember who we are as a daughter of God, and a son of God, and as a family, that was really, really valuable. I, I want to say I was, I had no doubt, so I had no doubt that you would enjoy the preaching as much as you have. Like I had no question on that. And that's why, and that there were eight people that said yes is why I'm not just, we weren't just going to push two people aside, like Kyle's back now, right? And that's even why I didn't want to preach this morning. Um, because I really want to make sure that we're holding up the passage. If I was going to teach you this weekend, I was going to teach you on um, Ephesians 4, where it says, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And this building up will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And one of the things that God did, as we call this group of preachers together, was gather a group of people that represented the fivefold ministries of that, that Paul's talking about here. The apostles who want to who pursue the mission of God, that's me. The prophets who pursue the heart of God, that's people like Heather and Jenna and Steph and Randy. The cool thing is having Amanda on the team. She's a five-fold evangelist because didn't you all want to come to the altar when she was done? Yeah. Um, uh, Holden brings some of that shepherding energy, that teaching energy. Christian brings that teaching energy. Um, it, it, to me, it was a really beautiful display of we're actually more when everybody is working together. Um, yeah, and I just want to say thank you to Holden kept the fort down here. So thank you so much to Holden for everything he did a million things. Um, to, to Julia for leading our worship ministry, and we heard nothing but good reports. And we we missed worshiping with oh, you all. Yeah. We worship. We missed being here and 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 singing and praising the Lord with you all. There's just something. We also. I just want to, as a side note, just for people who are or maybe visiting or new here, like we are so proud of you for walking in the building today because we walked into a lot of new churches while we were gone. Oh my! And it's really hard. Can, can, can I offer you? <laughs> it's this really hard. Do not let someone walk by you without saying hello to them in this place, please. We we were at our friend Joel's church for two Sundays in a row because Jack liked kids men. So, okay. Um, and we could not take three steps without somebody from that church saying hello to us. And I thought to myself, this is something we're not good at. And I know that we have a lot of excitement to kind of reconnect with our people when we come in the building. But my encouragement to you would be like, do you, and this is, if you want to know who's been holding up this flag for years, it's Zach Byler. 
who's felt very passionately about this. Do not, if, if someone walked into your house, if someone, if someone walked into your house, you would not just ignore them, right? It is really hard to walk into a church building. Like we did it a couple of different times and I was like, this is uncomfortable. So uh, just like just, It's just a good reminder that when you're comfortable, you don't even think about it anymore. But when you're somewhere new, it's hard to kind of take that first step. Yeah. And I also want to thank the oversight team. No, I want to say thanks to Preston for keeping oh, emails yes. going Sorry, out, Preston. keeping everybody in the loop. And thank then, you, yeah, Preston. Thanks to the oversight team for just praying for people and caring for people and staying in Picking touch up with the people. Slack. And, yeah. um, that was really, really good too. And I think that was part of why we could be away and be free and resting because we weren't worried, like we weren't concerned about what was happening. And so we're just, that's why we're so thankful for just, and all the teams that stepped up and helped hold in. So many people stepped up and helped with hospitality. And so thank part you of so the much. Of this time is even recognizing that the, um, there are a few things stopping our church from kind of continuing to grow the way Jesus would have it. And one of them is us, right? And the way that we're leading. Um, and so what are the things that we've been doing that went on without us for six weeks or, or somebody else can step in to do that or just need to stop, right, so that we can be also leading in some areas that God's calling us to lead in. And, um, and so that part, that's even part of the reason why I got a coach is because I want to be a fundamentally different leader in the next seven years. Um, Zach Byler said um, to me, by the way, in a text, he's like, I can't wait to see more sabbatical pictures every year. And I was like, if you want me to take a six-week sabbatical every year, you can be on the elder board now, my friend, and just release me to do that. Um, sabbaticals are every seven years, right? Um, but I, I really want to be a fundamentally different leader in the next seven years um, to help us be a different kind of church over the next seven years. And so what does that look like? But we're just so, yeah, we're so proud of you all for owning that. And we're so glad to be back. We're so yeah, glad Jack has been, we, we are so glad Jack's been just like dying to get back. I, I want to believe it's for the people. It might be for the running. I'm not sure because we wouldn't let him run other churches. <laughs> but. Yeah, I think just so glad. I mean, just seeing all of you this morning, I said, and seeing all of you and not seeing all of you who are listening online and thought we'd be gone for a few more weeks um, <laughs> is, you know, um, funny, but um, just just so glad to be together. The verse that the Lord brought to mind today, um, uh, at the end of 2 John, so there's three letters he writes. At the end of his second one, he says, I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink. For I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. If that is not the best argument, for having your body in this space every week. I don't know what is. But our joy, my joy is at a higher level today than it was because I get to see you all and be face to face with you. And um, yeah, so I, one of the ways that we're going to just kind of celebrate together today is we're, we're going to gather around the Lord's table together as a family. We took a break from that while we were gone. And uh, so let me just kind of pray us into that direction.